Welcome to the Building to Scale podcast, where we bring real entrepreneur stories that showcase the challenges and successes in building and scaling an entrepreneurial business. Our host, Jeff Chastain, is a business transformation coach with Admentis, where he coaches business leaders and their teams with a proven set of principles and tools helping them gain clarity in and get more of what they want from their business. Make sure to stick around until the end of the show, and we will reveal how you can become our next guest. Hey, Jeff Chastain here with a new episode of the Building to Scale podcast, where, again, I will be your your host and your guide today, and I'll make a quick note here of a tangent for a future episode. I, I always get asked that question here quite regularly on the difference between coach versus consultant and guide, and really, I see that as a, a quite a big differentiator in the overall relationship, how I work with clients there of being the consultant, which I've been for many, many years, versus today focusing more on the coaching and guiding aspect there, but another discussion for another day. So I've got mental note here made to take a look at that for another episode. Um, also wanted to make one quick uh, announcement or really touch on again after we made it last week here. But if you haven't checked out the new Building to Scale Mastermind program, I invite you to do that here. It's just admentus.com slash building to scale or correct me if I'm wrong there, correct me, admentus.com slash mastermind. Uh, Really, this is a, a new offering here. Again, just over the years, coaches in general, uh, pick your program with EOS, with scaling up, et cetera. Nothing bad about them, nothing bad that they've done anything, but their target market is typically larger companies, uh, 20 plus, 30 employees, kind of a thing, four and five million revenue. And it's just their profitable sweet spot. It's their niche, which is definitely something I would encourage all business owners to identify and find. But that tends to leave out a lot of the smaller boutique kind of businesses there. And I've struggled for a long time just because I had several businesses in the past before in that same realm. It's like, how do we help those people right there? And that's the this mastermind program is really what we've come up with for that it's targeted again still at those much smaller uh, boutique kind of even micro depending on what your terminology is uh, businesses there that are dealing with honestly many of the same challenges that a larger company would be around people issues with trying to find the right people the solid people kind of a thing there that can help you out uh, feeling like you're blocked at every turn kind of a thing from a, a nothing's working kind of a thing you've tried programs you've tried the video courses you've read the books yourselves it's just not gaining traction uh, in, in your business right there so again the whole goal of the program right there it's a combination of group coaching and peer counsel kind of model together there. Uh, But more information, again, at mentis.com slash mastermind. Uh, There's a form right there on the page if you want to have a conversation, talk about business, see if it's even a good fit for you kind of a thing there. Again, always happy to talk business. So check that one out at mentis.com slash mastermind. And then getting back really to today's topic, um, we've been talking over the last, oh, it's probably actually been four or five weeks now, it seems like, uh, about the challenges to systemizing a, a business and really going back into the, the very first discussion of kind of the franchise versus the entrepreneurial business model and how that franchise business, uh, the the Chick-fil-A restaurant, whether it's the, the accounting firm that's franchised, whatever, there's, there's franchises in practically every industry these days. And the advantage to that franchise business model is that you're effectively given, in most cases, a a predefined, a pre-proven playbook, a system there to go execute your business that tells you exactly 
the types of people you need to have, the, the types of vendors you need to have, the all the processes, the playbooks, the systems that you need to be able to execute on, even in many cases, your marketing, your pricing, et cetera, is all done for you. And as the entrepreneurial business owner, we don't have that. We're left to kind of fend for ourselves and really try to figure that out for ourselves. And that's why they'll say that franchise business actually ends up with a an immediate seven-year jump in terms of the overall life cycle of the business over the entrepreneurial business model. And while we see a lot of businesses, a lot of entrepreneurs kind of struggle in those early years, honestly, you're an expert in your field. You're an expert in the finance field, an expert in the legal field, an expert in the, the IT services field, whatever your, your lane of expertise is. But making that shift from the operator, the technician that, okay, I know Maybe it's a web development firm. I know how to code websites. I know how to do SEO. What I don't necessarily know how to do is do sales and marketing or do finance, manage the books, how to hire people, how to do all this other stuff that a true business has to know how to do beyond your level of uh, your lane of expertise right there. So really working with those kind of entrepreneurs to help get through that first uh, really seven plus years right there and get that systemization defined where it's not a case of fly by the seat of your pants kind of a thing operating business that you've got a defined system you've got a way that okay this is the acme software company acme web design company way of delivering product delivering service here that we get that consistent value that our customers always have that value that return on their investment and hopefully they come back and or at least uh, recommend their friends to us so we've talked uh, really four different points of focus here in systemization here, like I said, over the last couple of weeks. Uh, started off with a people concept to say, okay, ensuring that we've got the right people working for us, they're sitting in the right seats to maximize their own expertise, maximize their own benefit to the company. The second P we looked at was the purpose side of saying, okay, do we have a defined mission, vision, values, who we are as an organization. Is that laid out, defined, codified there, such that we can have all of those right people that we had on board, aligned with our mission and our purpose there, such that we made the comment back at that point, okay, the ideal team players here we want on our team are one that would be out supporting this same mission in another company or in their free time or whatever, if they weren't working for us. So we want them to be truly aligned with our mission, with our purpose going forward as a company, because honestly, they're gonna be the ones really bought into and really helping us serve that mission and that vision moving forward. So again, people and the purpose. Last week, we talked on the concept of a playbook. So this is really ensuring that the right things are done in the right manner each and every time. So again, kind of going back to the franchise model, we talked about the Chick-fil-A sandwich of, okay, every time you go into Chick-fil-A, doesn't matter what time of day it is, doesn't matter what location it is, you order that Chick-fil-A sandwich, it's always put together exactly the same. It's always got uh, the chicken breast on top of three or four pickles, kind of a thing right there on the bottom. If you order the deluxe, it's got the lettuce, tomato on it. It doesn't limit you as a customer from saying, hey, I don't want tomatoes on my sandwich today. But what it does put forth is to say that, okay, one day or one location, there are pickles, one day there's not kind of a thing there. It, it sets a defined set of consistency, a defined standard that you know what you're gonna get when you go into that restaurant. And that's really where your playbook is defined such that, again, right things are done at the right time in the right manner. It doesn't matter whether it's one sales rep or another, it doesn't matter whether it's one uh, operations person on the, on the manufacturing floor, 
doing it versus another, the same product goes off the line in the same manner each time. That you've got that consistency rolling out for your customers at that point where on, on your side, you can control costs, you know where costs are, you know what timing is, things like that, because, okay, we've done this, we've proven out this process. And on the customer side, again, they're getting a consistent value that when they come back and make an order for that second set of widgets, it's gonna be the same widget as when they ordered it the first time kind of a thing. That's not gonna be completely different or, or have different manufacturing tolerances, whatever the case may be. So again, looking at our four points, we've got people, we got purpose, we got playbook, and then the last one to touch on today is really looking at the performance side. And to me, performance comes down to, we've got great systems, we've got great people built up here, but if we're not actually executing then at that point, everything else is just a dream. It's just a wish. It's like, great, we've built all this infrastructure up. We know exactly who we are. We know exactly how to build our widget. Are we actually doing it? Are we doing it at consistency? And for that matter, do we have the ability to see when something starts going off the track, something's going off the rails, and be able to address it sooner rather than later? And that's really where the performance side of this model comes into play. So, Granted, this was probably a lot easier posts or pre-COVID time, pre-pandemic there, but think about if you were to go walk around your office, all your team, all your employees are there, would you find each and every one of them working on the most important task to help you reach your goals and vision and doing them in the consistent and the right way right there? And the reality is probably not. And it's not that, I would say hopefully not, that they're intentionally trying to sabotage the process, intentionally trying to do a poor job. What it typically comes down to is simply they don't necessarily have the clarity in terms of, okay, what am I supposed to be working on and how does what I'm working on fit into a bigger picture? So many, many, many years back, I was still in corporate America, kind of a th corporate America, and as working in IT services, IT field at that point, one of the biggest challenges or one of the biggest issues I dealt with personally was I didn't see, again, how I, what I was working on, how the project I was working on fit into the bigger puzzle right there to say, okay, if you think of putting together a puzzle and all you can see is your one little puzzle piece or two or three here, the likelihood that you can see the bigger picture, understand what that puzzle overall is supposed to put together, pretty slim at that point. Yet that's where we leave a lot of our employees to say, okay, yeah, your job over here is just to uh, do final QA or whatever on these widgets coming off the line. Well, what's the what's this widget used for? How does it fit into our bigger product? How does it, what, what does it matter that, hey, tolerance is off a little bit bigger on this one, no big deal. Well, once it goes into the final assembly of the product, it may be a really big deal, but because they only see their little microscopic view of the world, uh, things are things are not quite as, as sharp or they may not necessarily understand why it's so important as to what they're really doing there. So it's that clarity there that I find is missing in many cases and actually impacts performance quite a bit. So with this idea of performance, I wanna to touch on two different concepts today. Uh, first being the concept of a dashboard and the second being concept of rocks. You may have, may have heard that term before, but first off with the dashboard, the, We've all heard, um, I think it was like the, the Dilbert comic or whatever, where the, the pointy hair boss is always sitting there trying to micromanage Dilbert and always sticking his head in, making changes and things like that. 
Have you ever stopped and wondered, hopefully you're not that manager, but have you ever stopped and wondered why is it that managers, bosses tend to micromanage? And shout out your own answer there is where you can, depending on your, your environment there. But a lot of times what I see is they're not necessarily out to micromanage. They're not necessarily having fun micromanaging. What they don't have is visibility into what's going on. So therefore, if I don't have visibility as an owner, yet I'm responsible, then I tend to insert myself into that situation to get more visibility, to get more uh, understanding as to what's going on. So this is really where the concept of a dashboard comes into play. And the way I really describe a dashboard is that as a business owner, as a even a manager, a leader, whatever of your team, Imagine being able to sit out on a beach somewhere. You're out there with your, your favorite drink, great weather kind of a thing, just sitting out there relaxing. No phone, no laptop, no, no connectivity to back to your office, back to your team, anything like that. The waiter brings you one single piece of paper here. It's got 10, 15 numbers on it, probably max. And it shows you, okay, well, of those 10, 15 numbers, and then here's the past uh, quarter, past 15 weeks or so at a glance. And you can see right there, of those 15 numbers, which ones are on track, which ones are off track. And ideally, everybody in your organization, everybody in your team has got at least one or more of those numbers that they're responsible for providing to you on a regular basis. So numbers could include things like, the number of, of, of incoming leads, the, the number of uh, product defects that we found, the, the number of uh, customer complaints, maybe it's an employee or a customer net promoter score, various numbers around the organization that give you a sense of, okay, again, are we on track or off track? And then again, the history side of it is to say, okay, did we just have a, a spike right here for some reason that who knows, maybe or maybe not we need to worry about? Or am I seeing a trend here that the number of incoming leads has been trailing off? Hey, we lost five the week before. Now we lost another five. Now we lost five. Okay, we're headed downhill right now, and that's going to impact our overall profitability a quarter down the road or a two quarters down the road. So therefore, it's a leading enough indicator. I can see that, hey, we need to address this issue now because it's going to impact us, maybe not today, but it's going to impact us here in another quarter, in two quarters kind of a thing there. So we need to get this piece righted. But it gives you that visibility as a leader and as an owner to see some of those trends, see which sections are on track and off track. Because if I can see, hey, product defects right now are well within our tolerance range, I don't need to go insert myself into that process and say, okay, what's what's going on? Why are we getting more defects? Are we getting defects, et cetera? All I gotta do is look at that number and say, hey, that's on track right now. I don't need to worry about that area. So that idea of a dashboard, again, this is something that is an evolving kind of a thing that I, it's not something that you're going to sit down and write out and be right the first time. I've yet to see a, a business team or a leadership team do that. This is something that you kind of really just have to get a feel with and play with. Write down 10 or 15 numbers today. Start tracking them next week, next quarter, whatever. You're going to say, well, that number doesn't quite tell us what we need to. Let's go find another one. But I will say one of the biggest keys with this idea is to find 
as many leading indicators as you can rather than the lagging because you want as much data up front to be able to see trends start developing than you do on the backside to say, well, we're already in the middle of the mess. How do we fix it now? I'd much rather know that, okay, the mess is coming. Let's see if we can address it ahead of time. So that kind of concept on dashboard, again, got any questions, got any, want to bounce anything off, feel free to reach out. Second concept I wanted to touch on today is really that idea of, of, of rocks. And the concept of a rock is simply knowing the project that needs to be done, knowing the scope of a project that needs to be done. And it kind of goes back to the um, Stephen Covey model, I believe is who the, the name of it was, but that idea of rocks, pebbles, and sand. If you've seen it before, it's like three jars put across and you've got rocks, pebbles, and sand here. And the idea with it here is that most of the time, the rocks represent our big uh, quarterly, our big projects or whatever that we're sitting here working on. The, the pebbles work, are more of our uh, other things going on, our, our meetings going on, our stuff that's on the calendar we have to deal with, bigger something going on, whereas the sand is just the day-to-day -day junk that's in life. We got incoming phone calls, we got incoming emails, just that noise basically that, that comes in. And the idea with that model is that if we start off, if we basically go into the day without a plan, then we let our day get filled up with the email, with the the stuff like that. I, I know I've been guilty more often than not, come in first thing in the morning and start looking at my email and before I look up, hey, it's 10 o'clock and I've lost two plus hours of the day just digging through all the email kind of thing that's come in. So it's making sure that your team has the right focus there and understanding, okay, if I block out time, use a time blocking methodology to say, okay, I'm gonna put two hours in today on this rock, starting from eight to 10 in the morning, this is focused on getting this big project done, no other distractions, doors closed, whatever the case may be. And then, oh yeah, I know I've got a couple meetings here, or I've got a, a progress status report I need to go build, whatever the case may be, I've got two or three of those. The rest of the time, yeah, I can go fill in with uh, talking to my team at the water cooler, I can answer emails, whatever, but because I started off with the rocks and then the pebbles, all of a sudden my jar, my day there, everything fits into it. Whereas if I start off with the sand, then all of a sudden I typically don't have time for the rocks and they don't get done. Uh, one other concept, um, you've probably heard of the, the acronym SMART before. So typically now, I think this, this actually came out of the, the MIT group um, several years back, but there's a new model or a new uh, acronym, I guess is what it is, uh, called FAST that's replacing SMART. But the idea is really that any of these projects, these rocks here, should be frequently reviewed, should be ambitious, should be specific, and should be transparent. So. The frequently reviewed side, this one is just, again, making sure that if, if you go back to like your grade school days, depending on how far back that is for, for some of us there, um, you get assigned that big paper. When did you actually start working on that paper? Did you start immediately working on it even though you knew it was due in a month or did you more likely most of the rest of us start the day before, the night before and only realize then that you had to do two week long experiment or you, the book you needed was, was checked out of the library kind of a thing there, but we wait basically till the last minute. And that's what we find with, honestly, even though we've supposedly grown up and matured here, that's what we still find with our teams, even with ourselves, that we tend to wait and all of a sudden the level of effort for any given project really ramps up as we get closer to the due date. So the frequently reviewed concept is to say, okay, bring back into your weekly team meetings here, 
get a status on each one of those projects. Hey, just a quick update. Are we on track? Are we off track with the meeting? And what that tends to encourage is these little spikes of effort on an ongoing basis to where we're getting more effort each week, a little bit of effort towards that project rather than waiting all the way till the end gets us a better feel as to, okay, is there something missing the project? Are we missing a deliverable there? What's going on right now? And just make sure we're keeping ongoing progress there with that project. So that's really where the frequently reviewed idea comes into play. The, the ambitious idea is simply saying, we want to make sure that honestly, our projects are ambitious. We want to stretch our team there. And if every single project is a slam dunk of, okay, of course we can get this done, no big deal. Reality is we can get it done in six weeks, whereas we budgeted or planned 10 weeks kind of a thing, but we want to just make sure that no matter what happens, of course we can deliver. It doesn't really stretch your team there at that point. It really doesn't cause your team to grow. I think it was actually Google that utilized the same methodology, but set their uh, project success score expectation at 60%. They, they want their team reaching beyond, reaching out, trying to new things, trying to reach out to bigger ideas and set the expectation that, yeah, not every single one of these is going to result in success. Hopefully, pieces of it are still usable. Hopefully, ideas are usable. But we want you stretching and reaching beyond necessarily what we think is a, a guaranteed result that we can, of course, we can accomplish this, no problem. So that's frequently reviewed, ambitious. Third aspect is specific. This is still straight out of the smart one, but basically making sure that there are specific goals, specific measurables, specific KPIs around this project such that honestly, we know where the finish line is. If you think about uh, running a race, if you didn't know where the finish line was, okay, am I done? Am I not done? Do I need to speed up because we're coming up on the finish line and I'm in second place right now? If you don't know what the target is, what the goals are, what the specifics of this project are, you're never going to know if you're on track or off, and you're never going to know if you're done really at that point. So again, just making sure that we've got specific numbers, specific measurables around that, just saying a project to update the website. Well, what does that really mean? Nobody really knows what that means. That's not specific. So making sure we've got specific ideas there. And then the last idea here, or the last piece of that acronym is the transparent side, is the T. So this one to me is is really key of just making sure that basically you got the project status, the project details effectively posted on the wall. Anybody can see that. Anybody can understand, yes, this project's being done, why it's being done, what's the, the reasoning for it, and what's the status for it. And one analogy I like throwing out is say we've got two different teams in the company. We've got our sales team. We've got our uh, warehouse fulfillment team. For whatever reason, bad company management, they're operating in a vacuum. They've each got their own projects here. So the sales team has a project to update their processes, update their playbook so that they can achieve next day delivery on all orders. So you'd think, okay, and being able to achieve or guarantee next day delivery, we need to make sure we've got enough inventory on hand that regardless of which product or which items being sold, we can truly get that shipped out and, and get that into the customer's hands next day. Flip to the other side, we've got our warehouse management team over there. They're trying to reduce costs. So they've got a project there for reducing cost, reducing inventory, reducing floor space for storing product at this point. And if you think about that, basically their project is in direct competition to the sales team's project because in their view, they want to minimize the amount of inventory on hand because having more inventory on hand is a bigger cost, takes up more floor space in the, in the warehouse, things like that. 
Whereas the sales team wants to maximize that or needs to maximize that. So if you don't have that transparency there to say that, okay, these two projects are honestly diametrically opposed and one of them or both of them is going to fail, then you're setting yourself up honestly for failure. You need to have the visibility and the transparency in those projects to be able to say, hey, these two teams are working on two different projects that are not in alignment. We're not in alignment here on our vision for what we're doing as a company here. We need to rectify that and fix that. So again, just looking at that concepts of rocks, making sure that your team understands what piece of the project they're working on, how that piece fits into a bigger mission, bigger direction for the company is really key having that clarity there. So again, Two different concepts there, the dashboard, having the clarity, the visibility for management, leadership, especially the rocks, again, having the clarity to know, okay, what is involved in this project? How does what I'm doing of this project fit into a bigger uh, bigger picture right there? And again, just making sure that though each of those projects are defined in a frequently reviewed, ambitious, specific, and transparent way. A lot of information right there real quick, so I apologize on that one, but still, again, feel free to reach out anytime. I've got specific examples on both the dashboard as well as the rocks. I've got a, a single page form I'll be happy to share with you on exactly how I work with companies to build out rocks and define what these projects are. So again, happy to share that if you wanna reach out. Again, all contact information is below. Coming up later this week here, we've got um, uh, Tim Seigel. That's who it was. Tim Seigel with Sales Chain. And fits actually, the timing worked out really well with this one that Tim's really uh, focused on in that sales process, that sales chain management there, but focused on making decisions that are soundly defined in data and numbers. And by having that concept of the dashboard right there, He's got that visibility into the data. He's got that visibility into the numbers. So it's real easy to make decisions at that point that are honestly accurate and based upon numbers rather than just kind of that gut feel of, I think we should do this project or I think we should go that way. If you've got the data and numbers, it's a lot easier to make those decisions and honestly make them the right way. So look forward to that one coming up here in the next week. And then again, if you've got any questions about uh, performance on your team, anything like that, feel free to reach out. And lastly, check out that biz, uh, Building the Scale Mastermind program that we've got coming out for either that small boutique kind of business, or if you happen to know anybody that way as well, point them that direction, but it's admentus.com slash mastermind. With that, take care and enjoy your week. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Building to Scale podcast. If you would like to share your entrepreneurial business growth story, please visit buildingtoscale.com slash guest. If you got something out of this interview, would you do both us and our guest a favor and share it on your social media accounts? Don't forget to hit subscribe in your player so that you don't miss any future episodes and make sure to reach out to Jeff Chastain on any of the major social media networks or check us out at admentis.com.